You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network. We were back with episode 72, and we got a few special things for you today. We're going to be discussing some of the youth within the Rangers, and Andy's got a special treat for you also later on in the episode. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this one. But I think I need to start this podcast off with a few questions for Andy. The first one is not even really a question. It's just a little bit of controversy that I've been seeing online lately, and it has to do with the success of the New York Islanders. Now, Andy. You can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm a little bit more brash. I feel like you're you're well-rounded. You're a sharpened tool. You're a veteran of the game. I tend to overreact a little okay. bit, and I'm going to overreact here for the Islander fans out there. I'm seeing too many Islander fans starting to rub their success in the face of the New York Rangers and a little bit of the Devils, yeah. but I feel like the Devils don't really count anyway. But my problem is... I know what it's like to be an Islander fan. I'm the, I'm a fan of the New York Jets, which is equivalent to being an Islander fan in the hockey world. So when the Jets were good back, I don't know, it was uh, 10 years ago now when they made it to the conference finals, I didn't rub that success in the face of the Giant fans because I knew where I knew where I belonged. I'm a second-tier team in a in a, in the market. I'll never be the Giants. And it would take 10 Super Bowls in a row just to be put on the same pedestal as them. So I just want to, am I wrong for, for saying that the Islander fans just need to calm down, enjoy the success, but don't make it a Rangers versus Islanders thing because that, that's not a game that you're going mean, to want to play. I definitely agree with your initial assessment in that. Well, first thing, when it's always best when the teams are on c- comparable playing fields, right? And it's been it's been closer probably this season mm-hmm. than it has been in a while. You know that you can you'd argue the Islanders are a little bit ahead of the Rangers, uh, but you know the key difference being is that the Islanders Lou Lou comes in and listen. I I honestly I'll say two things about this Islanders team. I worry about the contracts he has come in and he has uh, given out. I feel like, but I also understand the moves like. You know, I think you, especially when you look at what's Arizona is is literally 
it seems like it's on the, the coyotes seem like they're on fire. You know, uh, the Panthers are, oh man, they're talking about they're in disarray. So Lou came in and he has brought stability to them in the short interim. But, you know, I guess the question is at what cost do you look at how old some of those guys are? They're one of, they're, they're one of, if not the oldest teams in the national hockey league. And pretty soon they're going to have turnover quicker than they can get guys up to speed. And, you know, so I would, I would, I would advise Islander fans like I understand. Listen, you, yes, you can absolutely enjoy your success, but you know, I, I guess as you and I know what it's like to have your team be built in a way that isn't exactly sustainable. Cause I think they're, you know, I think they're seeing uh, now, especially versus Tampa that at a, some point, if they can't score goals or if they don't have guys that can put the puck in the net, like they're not going to win. You know what I mean? You have to score goals. I mean, listen, who knows? Like, right. I, they could still, you know, they're down uh, two games to one against the bolts, but you know, maybe they could squeeze it out of point and someone and headman goes down or something. But I think at the, at the you know, they were pretty much outclassed uh, two games in a row, you know, they had, and they finally had a good effort. I didn't think they were ever going to get swept. I think, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, it's like, it takes a lot for them just to do that. So, you know, I do think that if slash when they get ousted from this current playoffs, I think you're going to start seeing, uh, them realizing like, why did we do this? Why is Leo Komarov out there? Like, why do we have all these old guys who do nothing? Like, why did we take this guy who still hasn't cracked our roster? Like it's Kiefer Bellows, you know, what, when's he coming, you know? So I, yeah, I, I agree with you that honestly, like, yes, enjoy your success. And I do think it, honestly, it was, even though it came, maybe a, it not the way you'd want a team constructed, uh, you know, Barry Trotz has been good for them. Lou has overall brought them some success and stability. So that's good. But listen, yeah, don't count your, your chickens before they hatch because, you know, listen, the Rangers, where you and I are sitting here after the Rangers had what, maybe from 2012 to, 2016 2017 where they had that good run where they were you know in the mix for you know five to six years straight and you know at the end even with a cup final appearance it's like when you don't have you know you don't have the hardware to show for it it's like you know you kind of realize like it's you can't just bang your head out the wall so you know the islanders are uh i guess this is technically the farthest they've made it you know since uh you know they they beat the panthers a few years ago in the first round then they got bounced in the second round and then they missed well they missed and then they, they came back Pittsburgh, and they the other. uh they beat you know Tavares leaves then they beat uh Pittsburgh right um but then yeah so you know listen they're they're in they're in the mix but yeah that's the thing is that like they're not it's not like and i i will even go as far to say like I do understand it's like you have all these Islanders fans, they finally get success and everyone's like, oh, they're boring. Well, yeah, they are boring, but you know, listen, it's working. So you can enjoy your own internal success. But the second you start, like, don't, don't kid yourself and think you're like a powerhouse, like, you know, like Tampa or, or, or Vegas or yeah. hell even I, you know, I don't know if I want to call Dallas a powerhouse, but I just think that's, that's more of like having good vet vets and like the stars aligning at the right time, you know, pun intended, I guess. Right. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it bothers me to see because I, I just I know what it's like to have been there. I, I've seen the Mets go to the World Series. I've seen the Jets go to the conference finals. And it's just like, don't you don't want to hang your hat on this thing because 
it's going to get taken away from you eventually. And because I just don't think they're going to win the series. I mean, they barely beat Tampa and Tampa was without uh, Kalorn, which is a very point. huge piece for them. Biggest and piece, uh, point, which is their basically their one C. Yeah, I mean, he's unbelievable yeah. and he can totally dictate a game. So, again, just just enjoy it while you can. And just hopefully, you know, and I'll always root for more hockey when it comes down to this because who knows when we'll start again. Just get to a game seven and lose peacefully <laughs> and let's yeah. be done with this. Okay. My second my second thing is is actually has to go to the Western Conference. And obviously there was a, a bunch of news kind of came out with the Golden Knights goalie situation. Do you think that goalie drama is now becoming a distraction currently in the locker room and in um, the organization. Because I worry as a Ranger fan that goalie drama is then could tear the team apart. Next I mean, year. I don't, I don't know if I think it's a problem because, you know, flurry has said they've and Lanner have both, I think separately said, listen, they've talked and it's, it's fine. And I, I think especially being a goaltender because there's only, you know, two slots and you really only want one of the slots, you know, uh, in the lineup, that competition right. amongst them is not, it's not necessarily a new thing. Uh, I don't know if the age, obviously with the Alan Walsh tweet, if that, you know, and it, it, that wasn't really so much a shot at, you know, the other goaltender at, at uh, Laner as it was at, you know, I guess DeBoer's lineup decisions, but um, yeah, man. Well, did you hear what, what? exactly happened that Leonard that Leonard started getting the starts after he verbally committed to sign a long-term contract, like five years with the Golden Yeah, well, Knights. you know, the thing is, like, Laner has probably deserved to get that contract for some teams since when he was good on in, in Long Island. And they wouldn't give it to yeah. him, and in Chicago wouldn't give it to him, and he was good everywhere he went. Like, you know, he had his, he was in Buffalo, and he, he was up such an up and down, but we've come to learn he was dealing with his own, you know, mental health struggles. So he goes away for a short time. He comes back and he looks like a, like, you know, a new goaltender. And he's been great ever since then. And, you know, the guy just kind of wants the stability. He's like everywhere he goes, he's a good, big personality. He's infectious. You know, the fans love him everywhere he's gone. And he just wants it. He just wants his stability. And he's finally going to get it now, which is good. I think he's well-deserved and it's probably smarter because I don't think he, you know, flurry is probably diminishing returns at this point. Um, But yeah, like I can understand, you know, I can understand Flurry being mad at it. I don't know if he'd necessarily be so have strife between at Laner or against Laner. You know what I mean? I don't think he they like that. I think it's more mm-hmm. about man. It, it's definitely more management in my head. Um, as far as yeah. the the Rangers and and something boiling over, I mean, it seems like so. You know, Carpinello has that article that almost like was basically just putting throwing the dirt on Lundqvist you know, saying he's not coming back. Yeah. And it does seem like all the little chatters you're hearing is that there's like, it's more than likely that Lundqvist is not a Ranger next year. Whether or not he retires, we don't know, but it's most likely. I, I'm obviously, I don't think the team wants to buy him out, but I, I do honestly think at this point, it feels to me like they would rather buy him out than have, have him be on the roster next year. And, but listen, that, that doesn't necessarily, I mean, well, then I got one more question for you. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Could we end up, you know, we talked about it last podcast. We talk about it a lot. The two goalie platoon seems to be the new norm in the NHL. Yeah. Do you think we could start seeing that, you know, the two goalie system 
is great during the regular season, but managing it in the playoffs is a whole different animal. And you kind of start to see the team's true colors in, you know, who, who your goalie is because each game is so important and could it disrupt the chemistry everywhere else when you have management and the coaching staff, you know, split on who, who they think should start. You know, it's tough because I think there are certain temperaments when it comes to backup goaltenders that almost make it. Um, yeah, there's some situations where it is always going to be more of a story, especially when you have guys that are like both starter caliber level. And it's like, oh, who's who's getting the nod? But when it's like a guy who's, you know, you're, you have a clear number one and your guy who's like still really good, but he's like Eddie Lack and he's just kind of like a happy go lucky like, ah, or what's his face? Who's making who's baking every for everyone in the bubble right now, like for his teammates, Domingue, Louis Domingue, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, or Tampa or whatever. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think a lot of it depends on it's situational. Uh, and obviously that can also be affected by if the starter is like a vet, you know, if you have two young guys who are relatively sim- close in age and they're both talented, uh, I could definitely see, you know, there maybe being an issue. Uh, I, but I guess, yeah, I guess it really depends. So, like, let's say Gurev doesn't get moved out this uh, summer, and Lundqvist either retires or is bought out or whatever happens, and then you have Shosturkin and Georgiev. Uh, you know, I, I could, I, I don't see Georgiev being a malcontent, but I don't think it's any secret that he's a talented and B will probably want the chance to be the guy somewhere. So, yeah, you know, so, I mean, I don't know, maybe if, especially, I think it's, I think it'd be different if the Rangers are like, look, Alex, like, you know, it's no secret, you know, expansions drafts coming up, uh, you know, obviously they'd want to get some assets for him, but you know, that they could maybe work something on the side. Like, like we will expose Georgiev if you like send us this, you know, futures or whatever, mm-hmm. if they can't move him. Cause there's a lot of the, the goalie markets can be pretty crazy this off season. You know, you're looking at, uh, oh my uh, God. It's gonna you be know, nuts. Rask possibly, right. Uh, uh, Crawford, um, uh, flurry Lundquist potential, probably potentially if he puts feelers out. And there's yeah, a lot there's of teams lot, looking for yeah, Matt Murray, uh, like, Allen, yeah. Magic Allen, yeah. So there's a lot, yeah. There's a lot of goalies out there, you know. And unfortunately, Lundqvist is like the dustiest uh, ball in the china shop, which is, you know, but even though he still can be a good, competent goaltender, but and I think he's also going to want situation. But that's that's different discussion. So back to Georgiev, yeah. I think they could probably spin it to him like, listen, Alex, like we're going to just do this one year, no three way goalies, just you and Igor getting getting starts. Uh, you know, if you're hot in the net, maybe, you know, we'll keep you there for a while. Like you'll get more, way more playing time than you got last year. And it honestly, it's good for you. Your next contract, it's good for your future. Cause if it's not here and I think that if he can sell to him like that, I think he'd be more than happy. You know what I mean? Cause yeah, I, I, I have faith. The Rangers have historically done well by the guys who have graduated in like, you know, Talbot and, you know, some others, uh, uh, Ranta. So, you know, it's, uh, I, I think, I think they would do right by him. And I think they, they'd be pretty good about explaining like anything we do is like, this is good for your value in the long run. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And I, I also do think it's like, cause there's already talk about, there's already definitely teams already that under, that understand how good he is. So I would not be surprised to see him as a sweetener this summer. Like mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if he does get moved sooner, you know, and same thing with that 22nd pick. 
like there's a part of me that doesn't think uh yeah that is not quite sure if it if it makes it to the draft but it might you know at the same time so and i'm sure we'll talk about that maybe in next week's podcast or something but um yeah i i do think at least for next season as it relates to the goal i i the things i know for sure is is jd has said they're not doing the three goalie rotation and that they are committed uh yeah they're committed to just having two goaltenders and that i do i don't think it'll be an issue next year to to bring my third point but now i'm gonna go to number three um and this is my new narrative new season new me for the new york rangers it's a fresh start we got the number one pick next year this off season i expect nothing to be done and that's how i'm handling it i don't want i don't want any crazy moves i don't want us giving up you know absurd amount of picks for you know, a big time name or a big time player, unless it's a, it's a solid center. I don't even want to hear it. I don't want to entertain. I don't want any big name defensemen coming in. I don't want to trade any of our youth. I just want everything, you know, to develop the way it's going. And I don't, we don't need to make a big splash next year. I, and I think that's a, a good way to be about it. I don't think you'll see much roster turnover. You'll obviously you'll have, I do think you'll might have competition from within because i do think you know like we, we've talked about before kids like morgan Barron, uh maybe tarmo reunion might get a shot to crack the decor you know um if if there is any made moves made by the, the rangers i don't think it'll be seismic but you know i do i do um, i would ma- imagine they are kicking the tires on like a vince dunn you know, okay. in St. Louis, a young guy mm-hmm. who is promising his best hockey is probably ahead of him. Uh, or maybe if there's some malcontent with the flame, Calgary Flames, like what's going on? Not, not, I'm not talking about Goudreau or Monaghan, but, you know, it's just some of those other guys who knows, maybe Hannafin or whatever, or just some of the lesser players in their, in their lineup. Uh, so I guess we'll, we'll start hearing stuff soon. You'll hear all the little rumors and whispers, but they do need to they, i think they want to see what they have in their young guys before they're like com- confident about we're going to start you know sending pieces away and, and we're going to get into that we're going to get into the the youth a little bit and what it kind of means for the rangers and some of the decision making that's happening now um obviously when we don't have a hard date for the start of the next season so um before we do that andy i know you had a, a special guest on and why don't you uh tell the listeners a little bit about that yeah, so uh, I think everyone remembers when the Rangers entered the bubble. You saw the pictures of them, and they had their masks. You know, they were really cool. They were screen. It looked like they were they were like made. You know, they had their everyone's personal number in the Rangers font and the you know in the numbering on the side, and it was cool. And I assume they were uh, team issued, but I come to find out that no, they're not team issued. They are actually uh, made by a couple of Rangers fans. These Rangers fans have started their own non not for profit organization, and yeah, they're selling masks, and yeah, they're giving back to the community. And I just thought it was a great story, so uh, I got to sit down with Tolik Bortz, who is one of the founders of this uh, not for profit organization called Altronite, and yeah, it was a great interview. So yeah, without further ado, uh, here is my interview with Tolik Bortz of Altronite. Our guest today on the podcast is one of the founders of Altronite a nonprofit organization that partners with fans in order to help give back to their communities. Please welcome to the Broadway Boys podcast, 
Tolik Bortz. Tolik, what's going on, man? Uh, everything's wonderful, Andrew. How are you today? I'm doing good. You know, just, uh, you know, the weather this week has been a little bit all over the place, but I have, I have no complaints. Um, you know, I'm so happy to finally have you on because uh, I remember when the Rangers went into the bubble uh, to play in the play-in against Carolina, I noticed they had these really uh, really cool, uh, face masks on that they had, they had their numbers, uh, like embroidered on the side. And I would just, you know, I thought it was really cool, but I just assumed it was like a, uh, team, uh, yeah, issued thing. But then I come to find out from a friend of the podcast, that boy, Steven, uh, shout out to Steven, uh, that they were actually made by you and, and, uh, alternate in your organization. So I thought that was really cool. So that when he, you know, when the chance came to have you on, I, I absolutely wanted to jump at it because, you know, the more I've research I've done from just talking to you behind the scenes, it's like, man, the story is so cool. So just <laughs> to, to start off, I just, can we talk, let's talk about how, how did, how did you guys get your start? How did this come about? Absolutely. And, and you know what, I don't blame you. Many fans thought uh, actually it was something within the organization. Uh, but yes, and actually, uh, big shout out to Statboy Steven. He had uh, a lot to do with it. He uh, uh, he did contribute in a in a very big way to us. Uh, when about three days prior, when the Rangers did, uh, when we finally did a breakthrough, and they did uh, agree uh, for us to donate these custom face masks with their each an individual number. As you know, uh, some of these players we didn't know who was going to be on the roster. Uh, so I reached out to Statboy Steven and asked him and I said, hey, man, I got to get these numbers. Uh, I really need your help. I, I need to, I need you to do a little digging because I know they're sending um, more players than, than the roster actually leads to be. Uh, so he did his quick research. And uh, uh, what do you know, 15 minutes after that, he sent me a list of names, their numbers. Uh, so it was really cool for him to contribute. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, right now with all the uncertainty going on that, uh, you know, you think of masks just as a way to at least try to do your best to stay safe right now. But, you know, me, for me as a Rangers fan, seeing that I was instantly like, well, that's, you know, it's so cool that you can, uh, use this as a way to not only stay safe, but kind of show what you're all about and show your personality. And, you know, then I came to, I came yeah. to learn that just that, that, you know, these aren't screen printed masks. So can you just tell everyone at home, like what goes into to making these things? Because this, these are not yeah. just like a, a machine that's stamping some graphics on. These are, these are made with care and love. So yeah, just tell everyone how they're made. Absolutely, Andrew. And I'm glad you're actually um, touching on that. So the way we started was um, when this whole pandemic hit uh, about four or five months ago now, uh, we, we jumped at the opportunity to help the community uh, when uh, products like face masks uh, were pretty much nowhere to be found. So what we did was we took our own actual T-shirts um, and I, we included uh, the, a couple from Brooklyn by the name of Vlad Nivransky and Yuli Nivransky. Um, they are uh, a professional seamstress and a production manager. So what, what they've done was cultivated an actual double cotton layer face mask with a filter insert out of actual Rangers t-shirts. So they're licensed products just simply repurposed into a mask. So as opposed to screen printing uh, logos that are unlicensed, we decided to go the right way about this. Um, and when we ran out of our own t-shirts, what, uh, what we began to do 
um, was team up with our fans and our members and have them donate t-shirts to us and then as well as jerseys. So same goes for the New York Rangers team. Uh, these were all donated by actual fans. They were washed, sanitized, and ironed, and carefully cut out of numbers and then stitched right onto the mask. Um, so that was the ultimate goal, was always to break through to the Rangers organization. Uh, so months and months on later on when we were networking and uh, uh, just going ab about our business, uh, we actually had the opportunity to be introduced to someone within the organization. And three days prior before they flew out to the bubble, we hand delivered those masks to the Westchester Terrytown uh, practice facility. So we were, we were so honored and humbled to, to have that opportunity. Um, and th those were the masks that they displayed uh, on all of their social media platforms. So that's, uh, that's how it went down. And, you know, the coolest thing, like you said about, you know, obviously there's a lot of work that goes into it, but one, by reusing that stuff, I mean, that sounds very eco-conscious and sustainable and kind of just giving even just maybe something you wasn't getting worn, like a new lease on life. And two, honestly, as opposed to other masks that are just like screen printed or whatever, it's so cool because you can kind of like, if it's up Jersey, you see the stitching, it kind of has uh, dimension and texture and it just really pops and you know and it's cool because i even see that on the website you know you have it's not just ranger stuff there's some other local sports teams which is really you know which is awesome and it's also you know for for me it's it's nice to hear that you're getting uh you know local fans involved in in donating uh you know maybe shirts that they're not using or just to just want they want to help so that's really cool man um but i do want to i do want to pivot yeah. and i, I want to I mean oh sorry go go ahead no, no, I just wanted to say that it was, it was a huge contribution from the actual fans because when we were running low on these T-shirts and actual jerseys, they've stepped in and uh, helped co contribute and continue with this face mask for fans project that we have going on. Um, and as we began to formulate a relationship with former uh, New York Rangers players and sports personalities, um, that's how we kept going. I mean, we, we donated masks to Ron Gay, Ron Greshner, Adam Graves, Darius Kasparaitis, Aaron Asham, um, Matthew Barnaby, uh, the list goes on, a Boomer and Geo on the WFAN Sports Radio Network. Um, so some of these relationships that we were able to create and kind of get the hype going within the fans and, and their belief that that's, that was the only way, um, whether they were new, used, uh, unworn, uh, secondhand, uh, that's that's how we went about it. So we repurposed these products um, <clears throat> and the quality of these face masks is second, second to none. They're just amazing. You, if you've had the opportunity to actually just simply even hold one, you could actually see, and yes, it, the love does go into each one of these face masks. So it was absolutely incredible. So you hand deliver these to the Rangers practice facility in Tarrytown. When you first start seeing the pictures on social media of, you know, the actual team wearing their, their masks, like, what, is, what does that feel like when you finally see the, you know, all that hard work and, you know, because it sounds like it was down to the wire and it was just a, a short, quick window to get it in. So, but uh, when you finally do see those pictures come out and everyone's wearing the mask, what does that feel like? Oh, boy. Um, well, first I was camping with my kids and for, th for three days, uh, they haven't worn them. And I, I was, I was telling myself, you know what, we, we, we've done a good deed. Uh, you know, they, they might've used them, might have not. And one morning I just woke up and 
I saw them wearing the mask and I just, I put my face into my hands and I, it, it was just pure disbelief. It was a rewarding feeling, but above, above everything else, it, it was just truly one of the most humbling experiences I ever had in my whole entire life. To see your team rock a product that you've put so much effort and love and um, hard work into is just amazing. Uh, I've mentioned, I've mentioned this before, growing up as a fan, you, you constantly look for something to attribute from the players, autographs, pictures, uh, a picture, um, anything, a, a puck uh, thrown from, uh, from their practice skate. And here we are having the opportunity to give something back, whatever it may have been, a mask or whatever it was. To us, it was a mask. And to us, it was a truly rewarding feeling to give something back to the team we so much love and watched over the years <laughs> to compete, to win, to fail. Um, it was truly, truly rewarding and humbling experience for us. So um, we were very, very happy and humbled. You know, and I think that just speaks to the fact that even though, you know, the, the Rangers are, they're, you know, they're pretty pop. They're one of the more popular NHL franchises, but it is kind of amazing sometime how uh, not small, but at least close knit and tight that f fan community can feel. And, you know, you know, I'll definitely give kudos to the team for, for, you know, uh, being so open and, and uh, proudly, you know, rocking your, your masks in the bubble. That's so cool that they would say, you know, fan, you know, our fans care about us and this is what they've come together to do. And so, I mean, yeah, it's just, I think that's what sticks out to me the most through, throughout hearing about Alternate, your organization, uh, and what they're, what they're all about is that it's just, it's really cool to see the way that it has brought the fans and the team closer together just for such a good cause. So, and so I, what I did want to talk about is actually is Alternate specifically because I, you know, we had spoke, uh, spoken about it off air, but the name Alternate is pretty interesting. And I just thought that'd be cool for you to share with everyone at home. So can you tell, tell everyone what, uh, where the name Alternate comes from? Yeah, absolutely. So my brother and I, we are the founders uh, of Alternate. Um, this was the big overall dream was to launch a non-for-profit organization to begin with. But obviously through the pandemic, um, governments were a little slowly working. Uh, so during the filing of the paperwork and putting our, our plans together, uh, we were thinking of a wonderful name. So we came up with ULTRA, the, the four letters in the beginning, A-L-T-R-U. It is derived from the word, uh, word altruist. Uh, it's, it's simply the principle, the moral practice for the concern and happiness of human beings. It's a personal group of people unselfishly concerned uh, for or devoted for the welfare of others. Uh, so the, that's where the ultra comes from. Uh, the, the word night comes from, uh, we were raised in Brooklyn. So we call ourselves Brooklynites. So we took ultra night and uh, combined them together and uh, ultra night was born. So it's A-L-T-R-U. NITE.com. So we were now able to build together a beautiful website uh, where we display some of these face masks uh, from actual shirts and jerseys. And you could actually find the same jerseys that were made for the New York Rangers. And like you touched uh, base before, that it's not only uh, Rangers uh, shirts. We were donated Jets, Giants, Yankees, uh, other teams from other states. So we are now able to make any shirt, uh, any mask from for any team, um, for any sport, 
um, and we make it within a, within a couple of days' notice. That's really awesome, man. Um, you know, yeah, I thank you. I do want to know. So now it, it does seem like you guys are just you know it seems like things are are blowing up so quickly. Uh, do you is there anything coming down the pike for you guys? Anything on the imminent horizon uh, what, what, what's going on in the future because i do know that you because like you mentioned you've uh have partnered and spoken with to so many uh you know great former rangers players absolutely so i mean while the primary focus was was on face masks especially through the pandemic but uh the dream continues um we we are a fully operational non-for-profit organization so we began uh to raise some awareness for our initiatives uh, our primary focus now is to raise secondhand sporting equipment uh, for children that aren't fortunate enough to, uh, to afford their own. Uh, we're also raising funds for registration cost fees for travel league teams uh, and home teams. Obviously, you know that equipment and registration costs for kids is not uh, oh something yeah, it's, it's uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so what we're trying to do with kids that are le less fortunate um, to raise some of these funds, uh, we are in the works of a uh, alternate fights cancer uh, hockey game as well. Uh, and what, our first partner actually happens to be Adam Graves. This is an individual that co called us early on upon hearing about our, uh, about our mission. Uh, he gave us some good advice, steered us in the right direction. Um, and we were actually able to formulate a partnership with Adam and to raise funds for his own foundation by the name of Smile Zone. They recreate uh, medical office and hospital rooms for children uh, to have a little bit better atmosphere to, to see their, their providers. Um, so we were invited to his 24-hour hockey tournament um, next year. So we're just raising funds here uh, to do anything we possibly could for his foundation uh, through ours, through that partnership that we were able to cultivate um, so that's, these, these are the things that are on our horizon to, to reach deeper into the community, help these underserved, uh, children, uh, be provided with sporting equipment, uh, performing arts programs, humanitarian programs, um, music classes, things of this nature. This is what, this, this is our intention and this is what we're striving out to do. Man. And for for Rangers fans who don't know, Adam Graves, just honestly for any uh, athlete in terms of giving back, is literally the gold standard. You know, the man, he devotes so Absolutely. much of his effort and his time to, you know, to helping those in need, uh, charity events, you know, ch sick children, uh, just, you know, people. And like you said, people in need. So for him to recognize what you guys are doing as such a positive force is that, that sounds like an excellent partnership. And, you know, I definitely can't wait to see, you know, what, uh, when you, <laughs> your powers combine, what you can come up with. Um, we actually have a surprise for our listeners and we'll be announcing this also formally on Twitter, but, uh, as oh. you listen to this podcast, um, coming this week, we're going to, yeah, we're going to have a little giveaway. We're actually going to give away, uh, we're going to do run a contest and, whoever wins when we, you know, we'll have the, the details on our Twitter account this week. You'll see it in our feed. It should be pinned for a while, but the winner will be selected at random and they will win a mask of their choosing from Alternate's uh, website, courtesy of us here at the Broadway boys pod. That's so, amazing. Yeah. Andrew, man. that's so cool, man. Thank you so much. No, man. That's one I mean, honestly, I'm going to, 
I'm, when I'm on that website, don't think I'm not going to snag some for myself and for my, my co-hosts, but, uh, but yeah, honestly, like, you know, cause it is funny cause awesome. it was before seeing Steven. Cause I did see people like just when those pictures first came out, I was like, these are so cool. And I was, you know, I'm kind of, I want to, yeah, I want to, yeah. I want a, a cool, cool mask on them. I want to rock, you know, the same mask that, uh, you know, the Rangers do. So yeah, that's, well, yep. the, like I said, the details of this episode, when you're listening to it, it drops on Monday. So we should have the, the information should already be on Twitter. And if not, it'll be up shortly, but yeah, you'll, we'll talk about how you can enter there. But um, yeah, man, uh, Tolik, uh, I just want, you know, before we sign off and I, and I ask you about, uh, all your relevant information. I just want to say, man, it's, it was great to finally have you on and I am a really big believer in what you're doing. And yeah, it's just honestly throughout our interactions, it's just, you know, every time we talk, it's just, it kind of really humbles me in that. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's amazing that when you take something as positive as, you know, a love of sports and the community, close knit community that creates, and then you take that same energy and you push it towards, altruism and helping others and those in need and just banding together it's just an amazingly uh wonderful and overwhelmingly positive experience so uh, yeah man i just want to thank, thank for you, you for finally so coming very on. much and to be quite honest with you andrew you fall right into that criteria just just providing us with the time um to go onto your show and spread as any awareness as possible you 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 sir right there are altruist yourself so thank you so very much for giving us the opportunity to uh, spread that awareness. We thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. This means the absolute world to us. So uh, while it is baby steps, uh, we promise to every single fan, donor, sponsor, any individual uh, that goes onto our website, A-L-T-R-U-N-I-T-E.com, that we will do absolutely everything in our power uh, to give back to those individuals uh, that deserve the most. So thank you so much. Patolik, thank you so much, man. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. So that was our interview with Tolik Bortz. Uh, it was an awesome conversation. He's a you know really infectious guy with his enthusiasm, and obviously it's a, an excellent story and very humbling to talk to someone who is really committed to giving back uh, through their love of the New York Rangers, just like the rest of us and all of our listeners. And yeah, you heard us mention our giveaway. Uh, we're be going to be giving away a free mask courtesy of Altronite. Uh, so for that, when you are listening to this episode, you can go on our Twitter account at Broadway Boys Pod, and there will be a posting. And all you have to do is uh, A, follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. B, follow the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet. 
and retweet the post. And then you are automatically entered to win a free mask of your choice. Uh, if you are selected as the winner, we'll get in contact with you. You can go on to alternite.com and you can pick any mask of your choosing and we will send it to you absolutely free. So yeah, that should be fun. Uh, if we, you know, you have to wear masks right now, if we are going to be out and about and be safe. Uh, so yeah, why not look awesome and represent your Rangers fandom? And yeah, as I mentioned on the interview, these aren't just uh, bargain basement screen printed masks. They're actually taken and repurposed from old jerseys and shirts. And yeah, they have dimension and texture and they're, they're just, they're awesome. So yeah. So you, again, just go to our Twitter page at Broadway boys pod. Uh, you can retweet the tweet, follow us at Broadway boys pod and follow hockey pod net. All right. And so let's get into the last segment of the podcast where we kind of talk about a couple things. Number one, the Rangers have a new addition behind the bench in Jacques Martin. Is it, I mean, that's such a going from Lindy Ruff to Jacques, Jacques Martin. Yeah. We, we've become more sophisticated, I think, yes. behind the bench. Um, for those people that, uh, you know, don't know who he is, Andy, why don't you tell a little bit about him? Um, I mean, obviously he's a, I wouldn't say a legend of the game, but like I remember his name growing up. He was always, always behind someone's bench. So, yeah, I mean, you know, he in terms of ex coaching experience, I mean, he has been both an assistant and a head coach for numerous almost, <laughs> you know, his hockey uh, DB page is crazy. Uh, you know, he's been assistant coaches under so many legends of the game, uh, including, you know, Mike Keen and, um, you know, he's, he, I mean, I, as someone who was in their early thirties, remembers him famously. He was the coach for those like early aughts, Ottawa senators teams that were really good. Yep. You know, the ones that had, uh, like baby Chara, Alfredson, Hoso rat, you know, uh, rag bonk with that sweet mullet, uh, mm -hmm. young Mike Fisher. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think Radic Dvorak was on those teams, but you know, he's been everywhere. And, you know, in recent, in recent years, he helped when he's been in Pittsburgh, you know, yeah. obviously, and he was in charge of the defense. He's, he has a quite the reputation as an X's and O's guy, because, you know, you can be around forever and yes, the NHL can be a bit of an old boys club, but you know, his reputation precedes him. And I don't think you'd be on, he's one of the only, one of the older uh, assistance in the league. You know, I think he's like 67 years old, but he's been around the game forever. He understands it. Uh, he was able to get a, you know, cup winning defense out of, uh, two, you know, two Pittsburgh teams that if you looked at their D on paper, you were like, Oh, you know, you had Latang is good offensively and maybe good transition guy. But then, you know, especially that one year, I think he, you know, he, he was basically had four <laughs> healthy defensemen and two, unexperienced guys and like everyone was hurt, but he's just was able, he's so good with X's and O's. He's really good at, uh, yeah, he's, you know, Pittsburgh's, uh, PK has been very good the last few seasons. And this is a guy that just his Yeah. Like I said, his track record speaks for himself. He took those, some, uh, you know, under experienced, uh, senators teams and he from raised them from, you know, he helped, uh, all the way from developing young guys to, for them becoming, you know, one of the best teams in the league for a few years. So, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about it. Uh, you know, James, I'll ask you how you feel about it in a second, just cause yeah, man, it's just like, obviously 
I don't know if if Lindy Ruff was to blame for all of the Rangers' problems, but you know, it's just clear that defensively this team has needed something different for what the last five, six years, right? Like seasons, yeah, it seemed and, like. And I and listen, and I'll be honest, like I didn't see this coming at all. Like I, I wasn't expecting this kind of big name, uh, you know, coming up and you know running the defense and. You know, for me, once the news hit for me, I like had the little, I had to like relook him up because I'm like, like this Ooh, guy yeah. wasn't. Yeah, I'm like this guy has a name for my in my past. Yeah, you, yeah I, I go this is right, and you know, you didn't even realize that you know how much he was involved with Pittsburgh and their success, and and you know it's 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 exciting, and it's and, and I'm not taking anything away from the rough, even though I am sort of, but you know. <laughs> This guy has a proven track record. He's got Stanley Cups under his belt. Um, you know, he does seem to be, you know, he usually overachieves with the roster that he gets, which is, you know, obviously something that, you know, tells tells you a lot about, you know, the coach itself. Um, and, you know, he's been a good compliment in, in Pittsburgh. And, and Pittsburgh, you know, it's not that he, you know, became irrelevant anymore. It's just that, you know, I felt like that organization is time to move on with some of the pieces that they had. And I think the the coaching staff needed to be, get, you know, switched up a little bit. And, you know, you know, one one person's trash is another person's gold. And I, I think it was a really smart move to get, you know, to bring him in and kind of guide the younger defensemen and, and you know, hopefully grow them in a way in which, you know, more of a well-rounded game where you know I'm not worried about the offense side of our defensemen because I do think we show flashes of brilliance on that end but it's the you know it's the deep in the zone in the corners um, it's just the mismanagement of, of positioning uh, you know not reading the play and not reading you know when when we get pinned in our zone we, we kind of just you know chase with like chickens with our head cut off and get out of positioning you know I, I'm expecting things to get you know uh, tightened up in the defensive zone. Uh, obviously, you know, our PK can always get better. And, you know, I, I'm excited to see what he can do with the youth because, you know, what he did in Pittsburgh, looking at the defense, and you're exactly right, you know, there were nothing nothing to write home about. So, uh, you know, I am curious to see how he deals with the youth. Now, do you, as he is French-Canadian, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah. Obviously, he got the head coaching job in Montreal, so he had to have some sort of (laughs) French Canadian uh, background. Um, Well, I'm you know I'm not. Oh, uh, so apparently he is from uh, just outside of Ottawa. So yeah, it's bilingual area. So uh, yes, I assume. Yeah, I assume he is. uh, Yeah, he has. uh, I you know, and then just. uh, Jacques Martin, I I would just imagine, you know, if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he does, uh, you know, he does speak uh, Quebecois. So now the one thing I do worry about, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, and this might sound a little ageist and stuff, but being an older, an older coach, you know, and after the success that he's had with the Penguins, do you think a coach like that is ready for a, a restart and knowing that he might not be successful for a couple of years? Well, you know, the funny thing is that they've interviewed him subsequently since the hire. And he said, which I, I actually really liked, is he's like, you know, he's like, honestly, at this phase in my career, he's like, the th- one thing that really gets me to the rink every day is that I love working with young players. And he says, honestly, this Rangers group reminds me of that young Ottawa team. So, okay. and I honestly think he, 
you know, he's a little, he's an X's and O's guru. I think he's a teacher. I think he just enjoys teaching. You know, I do think Quinn, like, I don't think David Quinn would, is a guy who would enjoy coaching a, a more seasoned team. Like Elaine Vigneault loves a season team that he could just walk in and like, you guys take care of the locker room and I'm just going to tell you what to do and scream skate really loud. And, you know, that's his yeah. deal. That's his bag. But I think guys like Quinn and, I'm, you know, I, I'm sure Jacques Martin like likes having reliable guys, but I think he's, you know, he loves the strat. I think he loves, he likes bringing talent along. And I mean, you know, I think, again, I think it's no secret. You know, I think one of the narratives going into for some of the teams in the Metro that are aging, like the Penguins and the, the Caps, there's whole things like, oh, they, they're they're disinterested. They don't want to be there. Or they're just not driven anymore. I think, yeah, I think, uh, I do think that he is someone that enjoys the process. I mean, he de- clearly doesn't have to be doing this anymore. <laughs> he's, you know, he's... Right, not, yeah. And yeah I, I just, but I do think, I think this is good for him. I think he, it invigorates him, uh, you know, yeah. So, and again, I, even though it's like, yes, hockey is an old boys club, but at that age, I think the fact that he's still in the game speaks to the fact that he is able to adapt and maybe keep a pulse and just, you know, some of the things, especially cause he's had not, he's had success recently. He's had success in the past. So I think it shows adaptability and there are just some things that are pretty universal. So yeah, I'll, I'll echo what you said, James, you know, it caught me by surprise, but it was a very nice surprise, you know, uh, I was thrilled to hear that the Lindy Ruff experiment was kind of over and that I can't, I couldn't, I didn't really know who I thought they were going to replace him, but this is best case scenario in my head. No, absolutely. And I didn't, excuse me, I didn't even realize like this was an option for us. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. I think it's a good, good timing. Well, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you you potentially have a, uh, excuse me too. I I'm drinking my coffee. I'm also choking on it. Um, You know, you you also have a the potential first overall pick being, uh, you know, uh, French Canadian in Alexis Lafreniere. So, yeah, if there's any, he's a Jacques Martin. I'm sure is a is a legend in, in those parts of Canada. So, yeah, man, I think it's just good. I think he can perfect guy to help him round out his game. You know what I mean? Every, every bit of familiarity helps, and feeling more at ease and at home and. Yeah, it's just it's uh, it's good. The Rangers' defense is in desperate need of uh, shoring up, and they need to learn how to if they want to. And I think the one thing that was interesting is that when you look at the system that Martin kind of has employed in the D zone, it is similar to the Rangers in that they do. It's not the, the as aggressive at the line as you might think. But it's been very good about, you know, keeping guys to the outside and like not so much like immediately collapsing and just letting it be a free for all and like having, you know, when to pull those switches and how to actually box out to actually push people towards the boards and not just to like try to hold them from pushing inward on you. You know what I mean? So I think it's if it's there's some translatability there. And yeah, I think it's good for Quinn, too. I mean, Quinn is a you know, this is his, will be his third season behind the bench as a head coach, you know, and prior to that, he only had, you know, limited stints in Colorado and in the AHL. So yeah, I think it'll be good for him to even have insight from a guy who is an X's and O guy, because by all accounts, Quinn is maybe that's not necessarily his forte, you know? So yeah, I just think it's perfect. It's, it brings, 
you know, teams, when you add elements to teams, it's not just on the ice, it's in the front office and it's behind the bench, it's in your scouting. And yeah, this is just, it's just a, an element they probably need. They probably need a little bit more uh, adaptable uh, gamesmanship and strategy. And I think he's a perfect guy and someone who can, you know, maybe will be more content to like tap on Quinn's shoulder and say like, you know, we need to be doing this more or, or like, let's, you know, don't play this guy or like switch this up or whatever, you know? And I'm, cause I'm sure Quinn will value his input. He's been around, he's alleged he's been around forever. So yeah. So I, am, I think it should be good. I'm curious to see if Stahl doesn't get bought out, how he handles Mark Stahl next year. That's oh, all. Man. And how he's used. So, all right. We don't need to get into Stahl though, <laughs> but we, we do want to get into some of the youth of our, of our organization and some of the players that are being loaned out. Um, uh, one player that I want to start with at least is, and, and you are like, I feel like the guru of our, our youth and, and, but you know, some of these names you've seen in a uh, Rangers Jersey. Um, I, but I do want to start with this kid because this kid has been basically the focal point of all Rangers controversy <laughs> for the past two seasons. And it's Leas Anderson. Yeah. Um, I guess he's going to start in, where is he going to? Uh, so he went back to HB 71. Yeah. Where he won a SHL championship a, a few seasons ago. Uh, yeah. I mean, this was no surprise to me. You know, mm-hmm. I was, you know, there was no, it wasn't a shock that he wasn't going to like leave Sweden and come over and try to join the Rangers in the bubble. Kraftsoff didn't get playing time. They weren't looking, obviously they even said they're not looking to switch stuff up. So I'm not coming there for glorified, you know, he's playing and it's good. It's good for his value. It's also good for the race, whether he decides to ultimately just doesn't want to try to make things work with the Rangers. It's good for his value there. Uh, It seems like it's just there. They're in their preseason, but he seems to be playing pretty well. You know, he's getting, top six minutes uh time at times in the top line um yeah and he's he looks he looks better he looks uh, healthier and more invigorated definitely and more comfortable so yeah that that's not a shock to me um you know i don't know i don't really i really don't know i don't think he is a ranger i think eventually he will get moved for a similar you know uh may change of scenery prospect or maybe in a sweetener um, but you know, I would like to be surprised. I like Leas. I, I do think people who put a fork in him so early are mistaken. I do think he's an NHLer. I don't think he's a, I think he's a probably a middle six to bottom six NHLer, but I think he's, can be a good NHLer and a good PK and he's smart. You know, he's, uh, he, you know, he will have to continue to work on his pace and his skating, but he definitely looks, you know, if he, if that, if he is to be taken at face value and he really did have, you know, a foot injury going on and it was just a bunch of other things that was just really snowballing on him and hurting his confidence, then yeah, I think this is good for him. So yeah, no surprise that he's playing there. Hopefully he does well, you know, cause it's good for all parties involved. And yeah, I just, just as a note to Rangers fans, just like, just, just enough. Like he, the team's, the team is pretty much just let it go. It is what it is. He's kind of, let it go. You're the only ones who are still so mad. Like there's, it's amazing how angry he still makes people that they're like, Oh, this, you know, this kid just, you know, especially when it came out that he wasn't like coming back to North America to try to like get into the bubble. Like no shit. Like he wasn't going to make it in. Like, so just, yeah, just relax. Stop. Like, yeah, yeah it was, sorry. It just, it just gets me. It's just like, why are you still ma- wasting so much mental 
anguish and energy on, on something that played out, you know, months ago. Like you don't know what happened. You don't know. You're not in his head. You're not in the front office's head. You're not in John Davidson's head. So just, yeah, just chill, just relax. Yeah. And listen, obviously there was some mismanagement there. We all understand that, but like, let's not act like it's the first time something like this has ever happened. Like the kid, he's a child at the end of the day. And, you know, I had his back really a lot of the time because I felt he was not given a fair chance also, but you know, it's again, we aren't there and we are not privy to the conversations that they've had and the, the game plan. And maybe he just doesn't fit the end target that the Rangers were shooting for that season. So um, listen, everyone right now should be hoping for his success overseas and, you know, whether that, you know, his future ends up as being a result of a trade that brings in another asset for us, you know, again, the only good things could happen with this kid's success. So instead of, you know, bitching at him and calling him a crybaby, let's start sending him some positive vibes. This way we get something out of this, please. Thank you. Yeah. Either he comes back and he's good. Like very well said, James. Either he comes back and he's good. You know, because he feels welcome and comfortable that with a fan base, or he just he succeeds and yeah, you get good value for him. So yeah, so just yeah, if you hockey's a is a business at the end of the day. So put your you know I know you want to be emotional, but just just yeah, chill. All right. Um. Okay. Uh. The another big name, obviously Vitaly Kratsov. Um. He he's getting sent back to yeah. He's back in tractor. uh, Yeah, tractor. Yep. He'll play. There, you know, there was some controversy, not controversy, but there was this whole because it's like the Rangers had a loan agreement, but like they couldn't, so they could recall him whenever they wanted. But then people were like, no, they can't. I basically, you know, by the time the KHL season is ended and the playoffs start, it'll the I you'd imagine that the NHL would maybe be into their second month if they're ready if they even come back so it's like yeah of course they're gonna lend if they're if they're playing which they are as of right now uh you know and from the few shifts uh i've seen from him he's looked pretty good he's i've liked it he's you know he's, he scored a nice goal the other day he's i see a lot of a lot more pressuring on the puck and physical efforts and getting in front of the net type stuff which is you know what we've always wanted from him but you know and he's obviously always had those flashes of uh you know top six skill so that's good but um yeah i mean he'll probably be there most of the year i don't know tractor was a real tire fire of a team they're trying to get back on the uh get back on the right track this year so i don't know if the postseason is in their future but yeah i mean worst case scenario he plays a full season overseas which is probably would probably what he should have been doing anyway and then you know maybe he comes over when it's done uh yeah who knows but yeah it's again I think the common theme you're going to hear is that all of these players that are going to get playing time is a good thing because they can't, they, no one knows what's going to happen. So if it's a sure thing and you want to get some ice time, go get it. I, I got a question for you and it just, sure. just popped into my head, but like, Oh, it's just like COVID not a thing in all the other leagues. Like, or no, or, they are because a lot of, there's a lot of controversy in the KHL with teams similar to what we've seen in the MLB where some teams have had to postpone games. Some teams have, uh, you know, had to like, yeah, cancel matches while they quarantine because they've got positive tests. It's a thing. Uh, okay. I think they are, those European countries are maybe, you know, it, and it depends on what, cause you know, the KHL is pretty big. You have, you've, uh, 
They span all over Europe and Eurasia. Um, they have a team in China too, I think. Yeah, right? Kulin Rinstar. So yeah. you know exactly. So who knows what that situation like? I'm not following it super close, but um, you know, but at the same time that. Like, yeah, I think they're on terms of the U.S. is maybe a f- like a month behind in the transmission curve. So I don't know if that means they've had a little bit longer to, like, work things out. You know, and listen, there's some some smaller, more spread out uh, towns in the KHL, which are probably fine. You know, but then you have like, you know, uh, Cisco Moscow and, you know, so you know, who knows? Uh, but like. Oh, and I, it just occurred to me, we have a excellent new podcast on the po- Hockey Podcast Network called the Euro Puck Podcast, which every week they talk about uh, all things European hockey. So it's hosted by Odd Man Rush, who I'm sure uh, some of you are familiar with from his excellent uh, YouTube content, and Chris Gadsby. So yeah, I mean, check them out at Euro Puck Podcast on Twitter. And yeah, because they'll be, they'll, they do a lot of talk about other teams' prospects, and they just talk about everything European hockey. And yeah, there's not going to be much hockey going on, but there will be hockey, you know, at least uh, stateside, but there will be there. So, yeah, check that out. So, excellent resource for anyone who wants, is curious about what's going on over there. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, to to what you said, James, I, I yeah, I think it is an issue. Uh, maybe I don't know so much about the politics of it. I, you know, I, I would imagine there may be a little bit more lax over there, and I don't know if that's for the right, <laughs> is the right thing to have but you know it's going on they're in their they're playing preseason matches right now so yeah i mean uh, listen it's just like one of those things you obviously know it's not going to get covered in the united states you know whether or not the khl is having uh covid problems you know it's just like one of those things that if you don't find that on twitter then you know i mean it's just never going to make the news uh hockey in general fights to make the news headlines in in the united states and it's a game played right right here so um yeah, no, it's just a, one of those questions that I ask because I had no idea what the hell, heck was going on with the other with the other leagues. Um, another big name, I was kind of shocked to see this, uh, Lieber Hayek. Um, he's getting loaned out to the Czech. Is a uh, Czech, Czech. Oh, the Czech Extra Liga. Uh, yeah, Extra Liga. Yeah. Oh, uh, and as we as we spoke, this uh, Kravtsov just scored a goal for uh, the Tractor. There you go. Yeah. Also stopped a nice breakaway. Nice own entry. Sweet. Uh, Yeah. So Libor Hayek going to check extra Liga makes sense. Again, you know, he's a guy who he had that injury and he hasn't played in a while. He needs to get reps, Uh, you know, and you know, it, it, this is a, it becomes a situation where it's like some people say, well, any men's league you can play in right now, you know, not at any, that's maybe a strong thing, but you know, the Czech extra Liga, the SHL, uh, just the, the Finnish Liga, um, you know, it's fun. You even see some, some CHL prospects are committing to like the lower, like the Alsvenken and like lower leagues, you know, in, in Sweden and over whatever, I'm sure like Marco Rossi might go play in the Swiss national league. Like, yeah, just get, get playing time. Do, do what you have to do. Uh, like I said, Libor, that injury kind of derailed him a bit. He hasn't played in a while. I think that'll be a good place for him to get back up to speed, you know, uh, and without risking probably getting really hurt. Uh, because, yeah, I do think Libor can still, I still have hopes of him, you know, maybe becoming a bottom pairing defenseman. I don't know if he necessarily is in the Rangers' long-term plans, 
you know, especially con- in some of the the assets they've acquired over the last few seasons. But there's something there. I like the flashes of what I've seen. I think he he gets tunnel vision sometimes, and he struggles with. Um, yeah, I think he struggles with his decision making. But you know, obviously the physical tools are excellent. He skates super well. He can pull things out from surprising skill out from time to time. He's uh, pretty good with the puck on his stick at times. It's just yeah, he just gets tunnel vision, and sometimes he just panics in his own zone. Like. He definitely needs to get, you know, for, he's a big kid, but I guess he's kind of lying. He should definitely, hopefully he gets stronger because I, he did get, he has his head down a lot. He gets knocked down a lot. So uh, he, I think he needs to get a little bit more head up awareness and stronger on his skates. But yeah, that's just reps and he's still relatively young. So that's a good spot for him. Uh, yeah. So good for him. Yeah, no, it's just, you know, I, I don't think he's played since March. So for him to actually get some real game time is is huge, especially like, you know, when the NHL does eventually start up again, you don't want, you don't want to go over a year. You know what I mean? You don't want to go nine months without, you know, having really, you know, played in a, in a game setting. And especially if you're young, you're 22, there's, listen, those guys that are 20, 21 years old, they can play every single night and be perfectly fine and ready to go for the NHL season. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, taking care of yourself, you know, physically and mentally at that point. Uh, all right. Uh, Niels Lundqvist is going to Lul- still still in Lulia for the AHL. So you know he's coming off uh, there. I actually there had heard little rumblings that prior to COVID, his plan was to come over to America to go. You know he's going to he was supposed to spend this year in the AHL. Uh, obviously, a global pandemic hit and that didn't happen, so he decided to stay another year in the SHL and that's perfectly great. You know, he had a historic scoring season by a teenager. Um, I, yeah, the SHL is a good enough league that I'm not, it's not one of those leagues where I'm like, Oh, you, I'd rather get him over here sooner than rather than later. Um, you know, I even don't need him to be as prolifically offensively dominant as he was like, you know, especially if he works on maybe the areas of his game that need fine tuning uh, he's clearly very smart, which is, I think, is why he is why people didn't really see this coming, because, or at least the season he had last year, because he's, you know, he's average size, maybe a little undersized, because he's, you know, he's a thinner guy. He's he's a kid. He's not filled out yet. Uh, good, not amazing skater. Uh, always had a pretty decent shot. What not an amazing shot, but. You really just saw the brain in that how he's always got his head up. He's always scanning the ice. And yeah, just more. Whatever happened he was going through last year was good. And it worked in his favor. So yeah, let's do it again. Let's uh, another year. You know, I hope you hope that they, he carry, they let him carry the mail even more. You know, he can maybe get prime minutes and reps that he wasn't going to get in the AHL. Or maybe he would have, but it would have been more of an adjustment. So one more year to really round out the confidence of his skill set maybe it's like he takes on being a little bit more uh, aggressive with his jumping in the rush or you know with his skating uh because he's more of a cerebral type you know what i mean maybe it's like he learns to do both like you have those guys like headman who are absolutely dominant in the playoffs right now because they do both they can stay at home and babysit and then just can split make a split decision and be on their horse and just you know they're they basically take over games by themselves uh will nils ever be that player probably not but, you know, it, like I said, everything went so right for him last season. So I think being in this atmosphere again, he's got a good chance to at least have more success and just 
yeah, just continue doing what he's doing and keep uh, rounding out those areas of his game. Because, he, you know, it's like he makes these incremental jumps to every aspect of his game every year. That bodes well because he's the type of player that really looks, apparently he really looks for feedback and watches video and says like, what am I doing? What can I do better? And yeah, that's what makes, uh, separates good players from great players. So yeah, it's a, it should be a good opportunity for him. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the NHL having a delayed start probably benefits him the most only because this kid did seem like he was ready to come over and, and, and join the organization. And it kind of delays that pressure, you know, now he can play, have fun. The Rangers aren't starting up anytime soon, you know, you know, keep developing, keep getting better, get those reps in and, and we'll see, you, you know, when, you know, things, you know, start to, you know, look like they're finalized in terms of getting uh, a plan uh, for the NHL to start again. So uh, again, you know, just let them develop, let them keep, keep getting those reps in. So, um, I mean, there's, there's quite a few, I mean, were you surprised, not surprised that yeah, we guess. don't talk about it all. Well, no, uh, well, uh, Rykov, um, yeah, going back to CKSA Moscow. Yeah. Go back to KHL. Um, you know, it's a shame to work out with Rykov. He's another guy who got injured, uh, and it just really, uh, derailed his entire season. Um, you know, and now you look at the depth chart, he's kind of, he's looking like it's, he's the odd man out, but. You know, he's still an option. I assume he's still in the, the organization and him are still in relatively good terms. Uh, you know, he's a guy who maybe he just sticks in the KHL after this. But who knows? You know, he could maybe come back and get traded at some point. Or I don't know where his, his ultimate aspirations lie. But uh, yeah, hopefully he gets back on track. I think this is a better coming off of an injury. Uh, I think it's, you know, the KHL uh, might be a better place to you know, at least he's more familiar with the game there and it's not as like physically demanding or at least, you know, in terms of like taking contact. So, um, yeah. So I think it's a good place to get your confidence and your swagger back. So, yeah, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is that even all these guys where it's like, well, are they really in the Rangers long-term plans? No, but they could be. And the fact that you have so many options and competing for, yeah, cracking the roster and competition is such a good thing because, you know, you can never have too many options or too many guys trying to surprise you or, or get in or, you know. So, yeah, kind of similar to Elias that even if guys aren't ultimately probably maybe in the, the factor into the long-term plans, you want them to have success because then you can at least maybe get value for them somewhere, which can, you know, who knows? Every every flyer, every swing counts in, in a draft, you know. Yeah, so, no, Yeah, so, you know, hopefully he can get back to, you know, that's a good that's one of the best teams in the KHL. So I, I do wonder how much playing time he'll get, but uh, you know, hopefully he does. And yeah, let's, let's hopefully he gets back on track. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I got two more for you. Sure. Uh, Carl Henriksen and uh, Laurie Pajunyemi. Yeah, we could do a podcast of you just teaching <laughs> you? me how to say some of these guys' names. I mean, and, I don't, and the fairness, I'm probably butchering it, but yeah, but at least you sound good butchering it. Uh, even if I got it right, I sound worse than you butchering it. So it's like one of those things where uh, we might need to like work on it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, Henriksen is uh, going back to Frolunda. Um, but uh, I didn't see, I don't know if he's, I don't think he's playing with the big club. I think he's playing in their, their, uh, e- on their U20 roster. Um, but yeah, listen, I mean, he's a guy who I still 
think is a he's yes, a guy he's currently might... under he's on he's on Sweden's under twenty national team right now. Yeah, that was you know yeah yeah I haven't you know I haven't I don't know because you know I I was hoping that he I do believe he might you know oh I'm looking I think he, yeah he's played some preseason games for the big club so with you know their captain is Lundqvist's Henrik's brother is uh, Yol and obviously uh, that's a team that has um, you know potential top ten pick um, Lucas Raymond on it you know Daniel Torgerson who is a guy who is draft double eligible who I really like, uh, you know, and it's some other, you know, guy recently drafted, you know, it's one of the best teams in, you know, it's been a powerhouse in the SHL in the last few years. So, uh, I don't know if he cracks that if, or if he spends, if he goes down, uh, to their, you know, their U 20 team this season, because like I said, it's like ice time will be hard to come by, but yeah, who knows? I mean, he's been, he's a very smart kid. I would like to see his skating improve a little bit more, but, you know, uh, he's been absolutely, you know, it's funny. You look at Raymond and Holtz, who are top 10 picks going into this draft, and they've had their most success with him between them because he's, like I said, he's smart and he can adapt. And, you know, the Rangers uh, need, need centers to work out. So even though he's a small guy, he is smart and he uses his head. And he's, uh, yeah, he's, I think he's a guy who can surprise people. So, uh, yeah, I don't know where he's going to be playing or if they're going to bump him up and down, but, you know, here, here is hoping. I hope uh, maybe he can somehow push his way and stick with the big club. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah, hopefully. So. All right. And then uh, you're going to make me say the name again, Pajuniemi. Lord Pajuniemi. When I, I when I watch <laughs> the clips on, uh, you know, because it's like it's not it's not even just the pronunciation. It's also like how you say the consonants because like. You know, we've been saying, you know, you know, capo caco, but it's like capo caco, like a, like a, you know, like a, like a, like a chicken. Um, but yeah, so I mean, he had an excellent season for TPS, which is Caco's old team uh, last season. I actually haven't really. Does it say he's going back to TPS uh, next season or? Yeah, he uh, was playing in the preseason games for TPS. Um, yeah, you know, he Sapan Yemi is a guy who I think if he comes to the NHL, I don't I don't think he becomes anything really more than like uh I mean he was a fifth round pick, so this is icing on the oh, cake. No, just in found of, money, you know, yeah. found money. But like in much like a you know, he uh, he can if he can come over and be like a pure goal scorer for this team, like a you know, maybe a a middle a middle six uh scoring winger, you know. And that's all you're really counting on him for. Doesn't you know, plays on the power play? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe if you need a goal and you need an extra attacker, he'd be a good guy to have with that shot. But yeah, uh, he had an excellent season last year. I think he had something like 40 points in 49 games in the Liga, which is pretty good, especially at his age. He's not super old. I think he just turned 21. Yeah. He was, oh, it was his uh, birthday yesterday. He turned 21 yesterday. Happy, so happy, but you know belated birthday to Lori Pahunyemi. Uh but yeah, he's got that crazy shot. Um you know, I don't I don't know if this if his plan was to try to come over this season to and it just fell apart obviously like so many others, but yeah, he's a guy that I, from watching him, obviously you loved all the goals he was scoring, but nothing I wasn't I didn't get the sense that it was like oh he's too good. He needs to like 
try to come over now. So, you know, I'm usually the guy. I, I, it's there are very few cases in which I think it's like you got to get a guy over here early. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like I don't ever feel like you're missing out on development time if by keeping them. You know, maybe it depends. Maybe if there's if their game is a little bit more. And I hate saying this because I, I absolutely cringe when people are like, oh, you know, soft Europeans need to learn how to play North America style. Because like, you know, it's so half the most of the rings in KHL now are like only like they've they've shrunk over the last few seasons. I think this year are only everyone but like two KHL clubs are not playing on like North American size rings. So and, and, especially the, and the younger guys too, like they're getting their games from YouTube and, you know, it's not like they're not robots that only like develop through have no concept of yeah. what hockey looks like in other places. Right. It's like all these kids look up to, you know, their, you know, favorite players in the NHL and all they do is watch YouTube on them all day long. And that's how they develop their game. So, yeah, you know, but so, uh, it, so with, as far as Pahanyemi, I think it'll be good for him like everyone else, because there's nothing about him that's not like, all right, there's nothing. You know, if there's nothing else to be gained, that I understand, which is why it's kind of a difference, like, you know, why when, you know, CHL players, like, shouldn't return to playing, you know, in the OHL or the WHL or the Q, you know, because it's like, you torch the league for 140 points, like, you have nothing else to prove, you know. He can still work on his game against men and, you know, do well. Capo maybe is a little was a little bit different just because when you're that young and you're that dominant, you know, when you're one of the best players in the league in your draft year in a men's league, you know, then it's like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, he's kind of topped out. Let's see where he can. Let's get him over here. He's ready. Um, Even if maybe you can say in hindsight, some AHL time would have been good. But but yeah, so yeah. So hopefully, like you said, his fifth round pick that's found money. I've actually been very impressed with the, the Rangers late round drafting as of late or or at least outside of the the first and second rounds like you know some of these guys uh you know especially like picks like zach jones really you know surprised me which were uh, turning out to be good picks henrickson um you know and which the interesting thing is on our side of the pond you know there's an agreement in place that ncaa players college players can commit to uh junior a teams that as long as they're not CHL teams, like you can't, they can't go play, you know, because obviously you're not going to have a lot of college hockey this year, if at all. Um, so um, it's like, you can't, you can't go play in the OHL. You can't play in the WHL. You can't play in the QMHL, but you can go play in the USHL where you can go play in the AJHL. If you want, you can go, you know, play uh major, you know, major a, or, you know, like I said, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what players do that because you've seen some. It's funny you've seen some CHL prospects commit overseas. You've also seen some uh, college hockey prospects commit to the USHL and and like the, you know the AJHL and stuff. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that figures out because you can just do that for a little bit and then when they say great, you say hey peace, I'm going to going back to school or whatever. Yeah. Again, like we, we've spoken about this a few times. It's like, it's got a, it's a crazy, it's a crazy off season, uh, especially given the timing of, of school and, you know, when the leagues start around the world. So it's like one of those things where, you know, I think, I think the NHL is trying to do the right thing by allowing, you know, or maybe not the NHL, but the organizations within the NHL by allowing some of these players to just kind of get loaned out and not, you know, 
you know, and not, you know, pressure, there's no pressure on these kids. And, you know, the ones that are, you know, are eligible for college, I, I do feel bad for them, but at least they have other options because the development to skip a year of just not playing at all is, is detrimental. Like it, that could be awful for a player. So, you know, giving them options and, and, you know, a lot of these guys, especially the, the foreigners, it's not that big of a deal for them to go play in their home country. You know, if anything, it probably does, you know, more, you know, benefits them more than coming over and playing a year in the AHL. So, um, yeah, you know, at least we have that. Uh, there's one question that I have for you. Sure. Do you think Capo Caco is, is next? I was thinking about that. I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, I think it would be cool if he's over there, but at the same time, he just stopped playing. So I understand why he might not, you know, he was, he was playing hockey up until a few weeks ago. Um, so do you, do you think you know, and he's had, in- he's had, I think he needs, you know, he's a guy, you could see how much he benefited from the rest. Cause he played so much hockey leading up to that. You know, he'll yeah. be on the ice practicing. He might practice with, with his old team. You know, as players like do during the lockouts, if they're not going to play, they'll like they'll take practice with them. But they're, you know, I'd imagine Lundqvist would even practice with uh, Frolunda, you know, yeah, extra warm body or whatever. But um, I don't know, man, like I, I, I would love to see it just because I want to see Kaka more. And I would love to see it like a Kaka who's got a little bit more confidence in North American, uh, you know, like confident NHL confidence who had played well just to like bring it back and see how it looks now. You know, he's flat out just dominant, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, Lafreniere is not going to go overseas. He's not going to go. He's not going back to his junior team. So he's just going to gear up and try to practice on the ice and work out and rest and make sure he's ready. So, yeah, I don't, you know, I, like I said, I don't know if it's, if it's like, because he was dominant, I just don't, you know, and look how good he looked. I don't know if it's like one of those things where I would selfishly like to see it. Cause I love watching Capo play hockey and you know, the better he looks, the it's, it's something for me to do, but I don't know if he does. Honestly, I think he's just going to chill and whatever, maybe, maybe work on his, uh, personal celebrity in the off season and just be ready to go. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, I guess my last question with all this going on is that like, are they allowed to hold? Are the Rangers allowed to hold like unofficial practices at their you know facilities? Ooh, like if yeah, Kako wants to hang around here and and you know just I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't know. I forget what the usual rules are are with that. Like I think players are allowed to. The team can't run them, but they can just leave it open and they can bring their skills to coach or whatever. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I think. You know, I think Capo's going to chill in Finland for a bit. It's probably safer there anyway. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think uh, it's one of those things that until there is a clear plan and set for next season, like players will move. I think everyone's kind of still in a holding pattern. The ones who haven't just like already, you know, freaked out and been like, ah, I'm going to stay for a year because I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard to tell right now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, not that I don't think it could it it could help him because it probably could just playing, but at the same time he has played a lot of hockey in the last year. Or so and like you said, just just that the the couple months off really benefited him. So you know who knows? Maybe maybe it does come out that he joins uh, TPS on a loan agreement or something. You know I don't know how if they'd be like oh if you're giving it to him he's spending all season here. So I don't know. 
you know, I think they want, you know, they have to be, they ha- he has to be ready to go because he's part of the team right now. So I don't know if Kravtsov, who, who hadn't factored in yet, you know, it was a little different. Right. So we'll and see. I, and yeah, and I will worry though that if like players like him start getting loaned out, that the season could be further away than we think. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. You and know, I'm sure tough. there's so many conflicting reports. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was I was just going to say, like, you know, the NBA and the NHL are probably going to be on the same page in terms of an idea starting date. So yeah. I would hope that, you know, the NBA, you know, they'll have the answers before the NHL will. And the NHL will probably follow suit. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like until I know uh, Fauci the other day had mentioned that he was, he, you know, he wasn't very optimistic about fans. Even you know, after, if we have a vaccine, he was saying it could be almost up to a year. I don't know if I necessarily think that's what the case will be, you know, cause I do understand like, you know, it's his job to try to be as conservatively safe as possible. Um, and, but I also know that you're going to have a lot of push from, within these industries to like how to make this work in a way that's safe or develop something or limited capacity. So who knows, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I mean, the NFL right now is our Guinea pig and yeah, that, I mean, but that's, also, and, and they're now and, playing an hour, right? Yeah. Yeah. They play in about an hour and you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, well, I worry because I do think the NFL is bigger than, than any government, any, any state or federal government, they pretty much run the world. And if there is coronavirus, they will just not allow it to happen or, yeah. or get out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, the Jets, I think, have a huge advantage this season, given the fact that they uh, are used to not playing in front of anybody. So, um, you know, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. This could be a huge benefit for them. Absolutely. But all right. I, that was uh, that was a good podcast. I mean, we covered a lot, a lot of things and, and hopefully, you know, uh, you know, it'll be the Stanley cup final. Maybe not, maybe not the, our next podcast, but, um, it'll be interesting. The one after that, but that at the yeah. earliest, you know, the things that have been very drawn out recently, yeah, a lot of stinginess going around, but, uh, but listen, yeah. Uh, Dallas up three, one on Vegas, uh, Tampa up to one on the, the Islanders are playing again tonight as we record this on Sunday. Uh, so yeah, who knows? It's a, uh, it's very, very possible that uh, within our, the next time you're listening to us, we are the, the Stanley cup finals on is underway. Uh, the draft is quickly approaching. So obviously with our, maybe our next one or two uh, podcasts, we might, we'll be talking about that. Uh, we actually have a, a guest coming on soon, which, uh, I will not divulge at this time, but you know, it's definitely someone who, uh, knows a lot about prospects and is, has a excellent presence, um, on Rangers Twitter. So yeah, that should be fun. And yeah, I'm going to, I personally, cause this is my jam with the, with prospects and everything. I'll have a lot more just through the Pocky podcast network. And even through the morning skate, we'll have, uh, I'll have a mock draft once all the, uh, the, the, once the cup finals over and all the, the spots are finalized and we know who's picking where. So yep. yeah, stay tuned for that. It'll be fun, but yeah, uh, we're gearing up here and then free agency. So a lot of stuff on, even when the cup finals over there will be things going on. So yeah, it'll be, that'll, that'll be when things really start to really heat up. Heat up so. Exactly. Cause I, you know, especially, uh, you know, and I don't want to start getting into another segment, but 
you're gonna start seeing some moves that make you scratch your head and like why did this guy get moved for so cheap for no reason and it's because teams need to shed salary because they are hemorrhaging money so it should be definitely very interesting yes all right so yeah we'll see y'all again next monday uh make sure to go on to our twitter at broy boys pod follow us follow hockey pod net retweet the post for a chance to win a free face mask courtesy of our friends at ultra night uh yeah because it's for a great cause and yeah they're just really cool so do that and we will see you all next week thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at broadway boys pod and please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, spotify soundcloud or the hockey podcast network.com you're listening to the hockey podcast network on twitter at hockey pod net New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the hockey podcast or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs>